in Jesus's last conversation. New Testament scholars call them discourses. How many times a week do you use the word discourse? Not often. In his last conversation with his disciples, beginning in the 14th chapter of St. John's Gospel, Jesus says, anything you ask in my name, I will do. If you love me and obey my commands, I will ask the Father and he will give you another paraclete. It's a Greek word and it means advocate. Um, customer service representative. Okay? Somebody that's supposed to be on your side. And the Holy Spirit is on your side. To be with you always. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot accept since it neither sees him nor recognizes him. But you recognize him because he remains with you. He goes on to say that this customer service representative, this paraclete, this helper, this guide, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name will instruct you in everything. Nothing of what Jesus taught would be lost. It would be preserved first in sacred oral tradition and then much later written down in the New Testament, which is, which is a part with the Old Testament of our sacred writings. Together, flowing from the same divine wellspring, they form the deposit of faith the deposit of faith with which with the help of the Holy Spirit has been preserved in the Catholic Church since the time of Jesus. You know, when I do something at the altar one way and Father Mario does it another way, if it's not part of the general instructions of the Roman Missal, otherwise known as the germ, G-I-R-M. If I do it one way and Father Mario does it another way and it's just half habit and half the way I learned it, we call that a little T tradition. But when we speak of a great big capital T tradition, we speak of the work of the Holy Spirit to continue teaching and guiding us through the successors of the apostles in every day and in every age. Tradition, capital T, is the word used to specify the teaching action of that same Holy Spirit in every age. Why is this important? Well, because Jesus did not give us a 500-volume set of books of the law addressing each and every question that would ever arise in the areas of faith and morality. Now, my friends, there's not a Sunday that goes by that somebody doesn't ask me a question such as, now, Father, 
is it really a mortal sin to do, eh, fill in the blank, yes, it really is, or no, that's not a mortal sin. Well, my grandmother said it was. Well, your grandmother's not a doctor of the church, so I'm telling you, it isn't. How do we know all these things? Instead, Jesus gave us the living Holy Spirit, the most speci- and most specifically, he gave the unique gift of the Holy Spirit to the apostles and to their successors. That's why we pray week by week for our Holy Father, Francis, our Bishop, Cardinal, Donardo, and our Auxiliary Bishop, Italo. We pray because they are living, tall, t teachers of the tradition. And not only gave it to the leadership of the church, but it gave it to all of us to lead us into all truth in every day and age when questions would arise. This is the capital T tradition. And my friends, it is quite an ongoing gift. I'll tell you a story about a man who was having, a, or shall we say, a midlife crisis. And he was a wealthy man, and he could take some time off from uh, his work and go anywhere he wanted to. And he had heard of a wonderful teacher, a guru who lived in Tibet, and he wanted to go ask the guru a question. So he flies to Tibet, he climbs that mountain that is in Tibet, and he comes upon the guru who lives at the top of the mountain. And the guru was sitting there, kind of, you know, half nodding. You know, sometimes somebody will ask me, Father, are you praying? No, I'm sleeping. Oh, I thought you were praying. No, just sleeping. One eye open. He got to the top of the mountain and he found that guru kind of, you know, half nodding off. And so he gives him a little gentle shove and wakes him up. And the guru says, sir, what can I do for you? And the man says, well, I've come from the United States. And I heard you are a very wise man. So what I really want to do is, I want you to explain to me God so that I will do my best to worship him the way you do. As I said, he was a very nice man. And the guru kind of sized him up, as oftentimes holy men and women can do. And then he said to him, Sir, a little G God that you can explain is not a God that you should worship. And my friends, that is true. 
But Holy Mother Church comes along once a year and says, in the next five to seven minutes, I need to explain to you the mystery of God. Jesus said in the gospel story this morning, whatever the Father has is mine. And the spirit of truth will guide us. This week, we return to the liturgical season of what's called ordinary time, the season of green, and then we have two festivals, two solemnities, this Sunday and next Sunday, which demand that we wear white. So I'm not sure, but I'm not at a level to make those decisions. So during the week, we're in green. Unless it's a saint, then it's in red. But we're in ordinary time, but it's still white. This Sunday is one of those two special occasions. We're call them solemnities, they're festivals, they're celebrations, they're special days that call our attention to the central mysteries of our faith. Today, on this first Sunday after Pentecost, we celebrate what is called the Solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity. And this, my friend, is supposed to spur us to consider what we believe about God. God, who has revealed himself to us in the Trinity. One God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The verses of today's gospel reading come near the end of Jesus' long conversation with his disciples. And because John wrote them down, it's a conversation with us at the Last Supper. In the early part of this conversation, as we saw last week on Pentecost, Jesus offers assurances to the disciples. Even though he must leave the disciples, he tells them that they will have a future. A future. I'm thinking they thought the future was about to come to an end at least a future in following Jesus. But Jesus assures them they will have a future because of the help that Jesus and the Father will send to them in the person of the Holy Spirit. In this section, he focuses more on the shape of the future. What's the future going to hold, which will include Jesus' victory over the world? I know, most of the world doesn't see a dying man on a cross and see victory. That's a unique gift given to the Catholic Church, given to us, that we can look at a man dying on a cross and see a victory for him, for his apostles, and for us. It is a victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil that the apostles and through them us will share in. 
The disciples of Jesus cannot know the future. They can only know that whatever shape the future takes, they will not have to face it alone. They will have the spirit of truth who will continue to provide the teaching of Jesus into the future. Can you imagine if they thought that we would still be celebrating the death and resurrection of Jesus and the coming of the Holy Spirit 2,000 years later? We are, and we do. Reading this passage on Trinity Sunday reinforces our understanding of the unity shared by the members of the Trinity. Although the idea of one God in three persons remains a mystery for me, for the church, even for our guru at the top of the mountain, we have the assurance that as Jesus and the Father share all, Jesus and the Holy Spirit share all as well. And so I want to close with one sentence. Yeah, I know that's what you were hoping to hear, that we're coming to the last sentence. If the Holy Spirit has managed to keep a church full of sinners alive and well for over 2,000 years, guess what? The Holy Spirit if you'll give him a little space in your life, can work wonders in you. Amen.